episode of Daily Demi. I'm your host, Demi Kotsouras, and today's episode will be all about millennials. Generation, why the hell are we so lost? <laughs> and of course, they do love a good latte art, uh, soy milk, almond milk, good smashed avocado on toast, <laughs> and are famous for renting instead of buying. <laughs> I really relate and can understand the millennials, you know? You don't have to be a millennial to to really understand them. Understand them. Understand them. Media for Millennials, one company is focused on giving users the content they want and the ads they may be interested in as well. Microsoft Catalan- an report from Harvard University about young adults and sex. ABC's Deborah Roberts is here with a look at what's really going on with millennials in the age of the, what we've been talking about, this, these dating apps, Deb. We visit that old chestnut, our millennials spoil babies. My name's Demi Kotsouris. And this is episode one of my first ever podcast, The Millennial Crisis. This podcast is going to explore what it means to be a millennial, what it means to be the generation with the highest rates of stress, depression, and anxiety than any other generation at this age. But how can this be if we're the generation that has more privilege, more information, and more opportunity than ever before? A nine-to-five job won't cut it anymore, and a university degree won't even guarantee you one. And finally, we're the generation where, as hard as it is to admit, the majority of our relationships are made, built, and maintained online. Our phone really is our best friend. I got a text. It was a Friday night. We should go out. No, but your series just came out, and then I sussed my Insta feed. And Jane is living overseas right now. Jeffrey just bought a new house, it's grouse. And here I was closer to 25, and not where I wanted to be. The millennial, the millennial me. This is The Millennial Crisis by Demi Kotsouris, Wi-Fi not included. Yes, it is true. That was me singing. And no, although I have the voice of an angel, I am not here to pursue my career as a singer. However, if you haven't switched off because I have a really annoying voice, and if you are currently scrolling through your Instagram or Facebook feed because you can't possibly concentrate on one thing at a time, this is most definitely the podcast for you. So the plan is, if I can get my act together, that bi-weekly I will upload a new podcast episode exploring a millennial issue we all deal with. Whether it's something day-to-day or it's trying something new or really getting out of my comfort zone, I'm going to try it. I really want to take a step back from everything. I turned 24 this year and I feel so old. It's so weird that in my 20s, I can feel like my life is already over. The more I do this podcast and the more people I speak to, the more I realize that everyone's feeling the same. We all feel like we don't have enough time and we all feel like we're not where we want to be. So if you're looking for a podcast with someone who has their shit together 
and has all of the answers, turn it off right now because I've got no answers for you and I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing. But what I am doing is looking for the answers, trying to get some sort of clarity on anything really to try and feel a little less confused and a little bit better about where I am and where I'm going. And I hope that if you're listening, you get as much value out of it as I do and learn with me along the way, hopefully taking some of the things that I learned on in your life and helping you to get out of your comfort zone and take a leap that you may not have usually done. So let's get straight into it. Today's episode, we're going to explore what it means to be in a millennial crisis and what a millennial crisis actually is. I'm about to introduce you to Amir. He's 29 years old and spent the majority of his life studying a degree that he's decided he's no longer going to use. Despite external and societal pressures that would lead him to be more inclined to do so. I met him a while ago and we got on the subject of not knowing where we were going or being somewhere we thought we were supposed to be and questioning it. I've brought him into the studio today to have a chat about what he thinks the millennial crisis is and get his perspective on it. So Amir, when you hear the phrase millennial crisis, what does that mean to you? How do you relate to that term? Well, personally, when I like applied to my personal self, I would say crisis in terms of ultimately finding purpose, really. Just finding something to do with your life that really gives it that meaning. And a lot of the time we've been raised, like for most of us, we've been raised to not really think about that. And since work, you know, the kind of work you do, the career you choose takes up so much of your time, we just... I find that we kind of make that connection, saying that you need to find your meaning in the work you do. And that's that's where I struggle. I just there are so many things you could do, but you don't know where to start. And a lot of the time you're jumping you're jumping around from job to job, trying to find something that you enjoy and give and fills that void in you. But really it's just yeah, and it's a it's a confusion that stems from that. That's what having a millennial crisis to me means. I love that you use the word purpose. I feel like that was the key thing that came out of that. We are looking for more and we're looking for that in our careers. And I think that's probably because that's where it's perceived we spend the majority of our time. If we look back at our parents' generation, for instance, they had a very factory-style workforce. It was very nine-to-five and having a job... Um, with that punch-in, punch-out style was was great for them and, and that was more than enough. However, now, with that magical thing called the internet, we're looking for more. First of all, we, you and I especially, like, and I would say we're a safe uh, subset, a safe sample of the greater uh, population where we don't have to worry about getting our next meal. We don't have to worry about having access to clean water, having a roof over our heads, that gives us so much more time to contemplate and think about, uh, think think about a lot of things about how to, what do you say, do something that makes more sense, you know, and fills us with 
joy or you know at least makes our days bearable to say the least because as you said you know the punching in 9 a.m to 5 p.m was more than enough like you know having a factory job it was great the monotony was okay sorry monotony is my perspective Mm -hmm. the routine was enough and so that routine is now seen as monotony where we just go okay what what else what else is out there yeah. It's just this um <laughs> nitpicky part of the human condition where we just that we just I feel has more recently come into the mainstream. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's probably to do with, you know, our access to things, you know, you had to go to a library before, you had to go to school to actually learn things. Now we have everything we want to learn in our hands, you know. You want to find out how to about business. Google it. Exactly. Watch 500 hours of videos, you know, study all you need to know. And because we have that, I think what we tend to do is consume rather than do and dwell too much on what's happening and what others are doing rather than jumping off the cliff and just learning on our own. Although it's great that we have access to all that, I think it's subconsciously stopping people from actually doing it. Oh, it's crippling us. Your 20s seems so old and so grown up and, you know, you hear your parents or an older person say to you, like, you know, you don't, you don't ever grow up or you won't realise the years fly by or, you know, little phrases like that and it's not till you kind of get to this point of transitioning into adulthood, which I don't think anyone ever does, mm. no matter how old you are, I don't think you ever transition into whatever adulthood is. Um, you, you know, we, we just think... There's so much more time. I mean, one of the biggest realizations for me was I was working at a tiny little company. Like, after graduating from RMIT, I went back to Dubai. I worked at a uh, really new company that were doing food import. And I realized nobody had any idea what the hell they were doing. Absolutely not. Even even our CEO, he was completely clueless. And that was... That was a bit of a wake-up moment for me that just, okay, we're all winging it. Yeah, which is, which is great. <laughs> which is reassuring. Um, yeah, it's, it's hilarious, but it's also way too real. And I think until you start paying attention to people and until you start kind of understanding people or really listening and watching, observing people, you don't realise that and you could go through life never realising it unless you start really paying attention I think absolutely and and like you said if if you feel if you don't feel so much like an adult and you're not really paying attention to people you feel like everybody else has got their uh, got everything together yeah and you don't it's yeah. just gonna like the anxiety is gonna grow <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's so true and in saying that I mean we're in the age of social media as well so if you're already thinking that people at work have their shit together and then you're scrolling through your Instagram feed and all these people just are bought a new house or are going on another holiday again, it's really going to mess with you. So in saying that, do you think our attitude towards things is a little bit too short? Do you think we're not giving things enough of a go, whether it's in the workplace, in a relationship, at university, because we do get all of these instant gratifications, whether it's through social media or next day delivery, do you think that we spend enough time in one place? 
that makes that that's uh, that's a really pertinent point, and it makes me think about: Are we a little too short in our attention span? Do we hop too quickly? That's that's the next question that I've that I've been pondering about as well. Like, yes, I I, I don't know if I read this correctly, where the average the average person doesn't stay at a job more than two years now, right? Mm, so, yeah. are, are are we jumping the gun too soon? Um. I think we get confused at um, success or, you know, even purpose and motivation. They take, like, there's a process to them. It's yeah. not something you oh, just, absolutely. like, get. Even with this podcast, I mean, it's something that I've known I'm passionate about. I know that I want to get out there, but it's taken me two fucking years to even yeah, start absolutely. it, you know? Yeah. Oh, so it's God. not saying that purpose or motivation and value still doesn't take effort to actually try it, it, it yeah it's and, and and that's uh and again coming back to what we've been fed sure uh we we were told to you know do something you really love but we're not told about how much she like how, how much we had to go through to get there to put up with it like there no, nobody tells us about the shitty days nobody tells about the days where you absolutely hate everything about your passion and it's just like you're gonna have those days, but nobody tells us about it. They just go like, "Oh, every day is gonna be a breeze. Yeah. You are gonna be, you're gonna have the best Instagram, you know, content to share because you're living your best life." No, it's not. <laughs> that's not reality. I guess it kind of brings us back to the generation before. They had a really clear, I guess, pathway to life. It was you either needed a university degree to get a job. And if you weren't inclined that way, then you got straight into the workforce. Um, gender roles kind of played a bigger a bigger role back then. So, you know, women would go into a particular way, men would go into another particular way, or you'd enter a company, start at the bottom, perhaps you'd be a janitor, then move up to an assistant, manager, so on and so forth, and climb your way to the top. It was a very kind of top-down style workforce. Now we've got this horizontal style workforce where you're all supposed to go for a team and it's not so hierarchical. Not only that, we've got the internet, which means that you can be a digital nomad, you can create a job of your own, you can start an online business. I mean, more and more new job roles are popping up every day. I don't even know half of the job roles that are out there and I think that's half the problem. You can do anything. There's no clear path on where you should go. So we don't know what to do. I'm 29 years old and I only realised this like two months ago. <laughs> it's horrible. You know, it's oh crazy, isn't it? And yeah, it was just... Um, uh, there was this analogy that I read somewhere where basically your career is not a tunnel where you just go in from one end, you come out the other. Whereas it's actually um, multiple really seemingly random stops, mm. you know? So you just go in one direction, then you just laterally shift to another, and then you just jump around, and eventually you get to where you want to be. The problem is you can't see that pattern up ahead. It only makes sense in hindsight. That's awesome. It's so good, and it's so relatable. I think for us now, it means that, I don't think the education system can keep up with us, especially in a digital age. It's going to be really hard for them to constantly update courses um, 
or give us the correct information that we'll need in the workforce. So it may be about us starting to take things into our own hands and really take a step back and do some self-reflection, not just work out what, no, not just do what we're supposed to do, but do what we want to do. Taking a new approach to the traditional gap year, you know, usually it's you take a year off, you work in retail, make some money to go overseas and party or travel or backpack. But maybe it's about going into a gap year, really asking ourselves what we want, what makes us happy, where our skills lie, what we want in our lifestyle, how much money we really have to make and how important it is to us. So since you've already taken that first massive leap by deciding that that uni degree you spent all that time on, you're not going to use anymore, it's not going to make you happy, it's not what you want for yourself, have you done any kind of self-reflection and what does that look like for you? I've been, I sit down with a notepad, you know, every couple of days. I try to like write down, all right, what do I like about my current job? You know, which I actually do. I actually do like my job. Yeah. What do I not like about it? Where Where do I, you know, the cliche question comes up. Where do I want to be in, say, five years? What do I want to be doing? What, you know, what what aspects of my current job give me joy? What don't? What aspects of my previous jobs, of all the jobs I've had in the past, what joy did they give me? And what did I hate about those? And I haven't found an answer yet, unfortunately. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that. And... I'm getting like like the haze is very gradually lifting. Yeah. But it's still not enough for me to if not have a definite answer, at least have a definite direction. I have been doing some self-reflection, but I'm not sure I haven't I haven't found like a conclusion just yet. Not, and the question comes up, I was like, am I going to find that, you know, with an employer or do I have to do it myself? Uh, how, is it going to take a lot of work? Of course it's going to take a lot of work. Mm. Am I lazy? Hell yes. That's the haze. That's right. That's fogging my windscreen. Yeah. Where I'm just stuck there like, all right, I kind of, you know what, this, I feel like I'm going somewhere, but I don't know what to do next. And it's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. If, you know, it's just in, the uncertainty is overwhelming. And it's just, um, and it could be all of those things together, you know, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm at a point where maybe I you know I definitely am in the wrong place. Yeah. Where you know I'm not where I need to be. So it's yeah I, I don't I, I don't have a conclusion to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is which is pretty much um, the point where, of this. The, the, exactly the point of this. It's all right. So what are those next steps? And <laughs> and I guess we we identified that we've it's hard for us to have a one-track mind when you've got all of these possibilities. Exactly. Um, so is it that you try everything and how long does it take to try everything? Because like we said, are we not giving things enough of a go? Um, or is it that while you are somewhere, you're working crazy hard and, and chatting to everyone there and making the most of those moments, even when you think it's terrible. I know I worked at a really 
not a horrible job, but just a very boring kind of job. And I made sure that out of it, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to interview, I'm going to take everyone out for lunch here and ask them how they got here, where they want to go, how, what they learned, what their mistakes are, what their regrets are kind of thing. And at least if I'm not growing in my professional life, can I grow and learn something from these people who clearly have years on me and years of experience on me? So is it trying to make the most while you're there or building relationships? It's like, what do you do? Yeah, and and at what point do you re-strategize? Yeah. You know? So it's just, okay, if you uh, you look at your situation, you go, all right, I'm working with, with this big multinational corporation, and you go, all right, they've got so many opportunities. Like if I wanted to go live in Europe for a bit, maybe I could, you know, try to find a transfer over there. But is that really going to help me? Uh, is that going to give me purpose or is it just another distraction? Yeah. And then do I stick with this company or do I go work in a startup where I've got a lot more opportunities to learn and, you know, take more, and I've got more creative freedom? Or do I, it's, yeah. Yeah. I should probably do that. You know, what do you do with, you know, taking people out for lunch? Yeah, I should probably start doing that. Like, yeah. yeah, and one of the reasons I started this podcast was because after five years of, of doing marketing, I'm, I wasn't sure if it, was exactly what I wanted to do and I, I'd worked so hard in this in this area to get work and and now I don't know if it's why I want what I want to do and going on those next steps I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone and try new things and take a step back and know that it's okay to if I don't want to do it anymore it's it's totally understandable where you know if you decide if you're in it for five years and you go no not nah, in my mind People are going to be fine with it. Like, say, um, maybe like the previous generation where you just go like, oh, my God, you left your company after 15 years. How could you? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, no, I uh, I totally get that. So we, we should definitely take that, you know, uh, not take that for granted. Yeah. Definitely be grateful for that opportunity. 100%. So we've, we've kind of... We've we've really um, kind of untangled, not even we've tangled the web of the millennial crisis even more. I think, and I've I've understood myself a little bit more. Thank you, yeah. thank you, therapist Demi. <laughs> My um, absolute I'll, pleasure. I'll, I'll see you next week. <laughs> so um, ending ending there. Since we spoke about taking a step back and maybe not doing the same things that we thought we should do. So getting straight into work or getting straight into uni. Is there something that you can think of now that you've been putting off because you think you've got other things that you need to do first that would really get you out of your comfort zone and help you see what you're truly capable of that you haven't done yet? And what is that? This may sound really mundane, but just go traveling by myself, you know, which I haven't mm. done in at least in about six years now. Yeah. Like coming on six years. Um, that, then the other thing that came to mind for some weird reason was go scuba diving. Well, actually, no. Well, no, no, no. Let's take a step back. Yeah. Learn to swim. Okay. Yeah. yeah, let's definitely take a step back. Um, okay. Two yeah, huge things. Yeah, That's I've, not embarrassing. I've, 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 yeah, I've lived in Australia long. I just don't go to the beaches at, yeah. at all. Like, not, not even that much, just that, at all. 
Fair. So, yeah. Um, learn to swim. Awesome. Yeah, no, but um, if there's one thing I do want to end on, like, again, it's just the first thing that pops to my head. Yeah. Just, it's this quote that's resonated with me. It's stuck with me um, for a long time since, you know, for, for years now. And mm. I have to keep reminding myself of it when I'm going through a hard time. It's just, it goes, I don't know who, who said I don't know who it's by. I can't attribute it to anybody. Feel free to look it up. I'm probably going to look it up right after this. The quote goes, Man cannot remake himself without suffering, for he is both the marble and the sculptor. Yeah. So if you're going to change yourself, you get, get ready for some pain. Yeah, get right. Get ready for some painful self-reflection, some painful changes, and... But it's gonna you're gonna come out a better person. Yeah. You know, and I'm that's what I'm currently working on, and currently reminding myself of you know having to remind myself every other day. Yeah. I should awesome. get that tattooed on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to get you to to give us a little little update well, on, I'll, on I'll, where you're yeah, at. I'll let you know how my swimming lessons go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so, so thanks much. So much. That's the end of the first episode of The Millennial Crisis. I'm so glad I finally got this out and I don't think I've ever been prouder of myself for actually completing something. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you got as much out of this episode as I did. I've learned a lot making this podcast and although unfortunately a lot of the episodes and interviews that I did prior to this, I won't be able to use due to my lack of direction in creating them. I did learn a lot from speaking to so many different people. I learned that I'm not the only one who has no idea what they're doing and it's okay if you don't know. I learned that opportunity seems to be a little bit of a monster for us. And I learned that we need to take more action and not rely on the way things should be. We need to start taking charge of our lives and start doing rather than consuming. And like I said in the interview, it's taken me two years to get this podcast out. I think half the reason was because I was afraid of really doing something I actually enjoyed and scared of failing in the end. I don't think I've ever put as much effort into something like this and it's taken me so long for it to actually come out because I wanted it to be perfect but I now know that the first thing I put out is never going to be perfect and I think that's okay. So please bear with me with episode one and two. I promise you I'm going to be taking notes and really learning as I go and hopefully creating better and better content as the series goes on. I hope that if you take anything from this episode, it's that if there is something at the back of your head that you want to try and you're too scared to do, give it a go. I don't mean in a, you don't have to do it in a crazy way where you quit your job and pursue that singing career you want to do. But even if it's just, you know, going to an open mic night or starting that YouTube channel that you've always wanted to or taking a course in makeup or business or whatever it is, just taking that first step of doing something. After each episode, I'd like to almost set a challenge for everyone. And for this week, what I'd love to do is 
for you to ask a friend what they would do if money wasn't an issue. You might find it's really hard for them to answer. I know if someone asked me, it would be super difficult for me to answer because it's really scary being that vulnerable and and putting out a career or a job that it seems so unrealistic. I'm hoping that if you do that, that'll spark a conversation between the two of you and and really chat about what your millennial crisis is. And if you did love this episode, I would love so much for you to subscribe and leave a rating or a comment and let me know what you thought about it. You can also visit our website, www.themillennialcrisis.com and check out some of the blog posts and quick recipes that I've put up there for you or send me a DM on Instagram at Demi Kotsouris. I would love to hear from you guys and whether you have any criticisms about the episode, like I said, I want them to get better or whether you liked a certain aspect, please tell me. I really want to make sure that I'm creating the best content I can possible. So that's all for episode one. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I will see you in the next episode. This is The Millennial Crisis by Demi Kotsouris, Wi-Fi not included.